What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the Bombcast. I'm your host, Steve Lester, and with me, as always, is Mr. Kevin McElroy. We are owners of Bombers and Sleeves, a clothing and lifestyle brand dedicated to the war on self-doubt, where we encourage you to bomb your boundaries and chase after your dreams. Our special guest today is music publisher and entrepreneur, Miss Jamie Dryberg. We got a lot to talk about, y'all, so let's go and get into the show. Mr. McElroy, how are we doing, my brother? Dude, grateful as always to be back in this mm-hmm. beautiful space that we are so grateful to call the Bombers Studio. Dude, the Bomber Studio, y'all, it may look a little bit different tonight, does it not, Mr. McElroy? Do you see some cool shit in the back? I see some cool shit in some, the back. Do you see some cool shit on the screen? Yeah. Regard, I, okay, it, I, that happens to be me. That's not what I'm talking Who about. Who is that I'm handsome that guy? Damn. I'm just saying... We're showcasing some of Steve Lester's best photography on the screen tonight for you guys. And it's the first time we've fucking recorded on that thing. That's right, y'all. We're not going to look at you the whole time, but we may do a couple wink and guns. But y'all, this this episode is different from, uh, you know, all the rest because this is. This is the first time we're going to be doing our own style of filming here in the Bombcast studio. And it has come upon requested. I think a lot of people, uh, all of our amazing listeners, we love you. Thank you for always listening. But they have requested us to maybe, you know, hey, invite us in the room with you. And tonight we are inviting you in, in the room and we're pleased to announce that we will be inviting you into the room uh, this whole 2021 series and then beyond. So this will give you a little more of an intimate uh, look inside of the arena as we talk to our wonderful guests. So we're, we're, we're happy to have you and welcome to the show. Absolutely. We're in a visual world now, man. Like you can't hide from it. So we had to we had to get you in here. And uh, plus, I think it just delivers even more value. You guys get to really know us you know, audio can only present so much. Now you get to see us on a different level. You get to see where we live and work and do the whole thing. So hopefully it gives you a sense of connection to us uh, on an even further level. And um, that's, well, that's the intention at least. Absolutely. Now, guys, tonight we have an amazing, amazing guest, a killer human. I cannot wait till we get to start talking to the person to our right here. Uh, But before we introduce her, um, as always, we're going to toss it to Kev, man. Kevy Max is going to give us a little update on some Bombers news. Kev, what do we have going on, man? Yeah, well, what's up, everybody? Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us as usual. Um, it's been, you know, hopefully your 2021 is off to a good start. It's kind of, you know, it's a little slow moving, but we're feeling good. We're feeling positive. Um, Steve and I have been keeping up the nature walks that have been phenomenal for us. And uh, Radnor you Lake. Know, yeah, Radnor Lake, yep. So if you're local to Tennessee, you know that's like a, a sacred place for us here. If you don't know, you got to check it out when you're here. Anyway, we've been keeping those walks up and it's been, uh, you know, hugely beneficial, like I mentioned last time, uh, to just get the creative juices flowing. And so the biggest thing uh, that we have kind of decided on was to push the uh, release of some of the items that we were going to release at Agenda. We're going to move that up uh, and tease it out to you guys. So here tonight, especially for you uh, Bombcast listeners, we got them right on the wall right here. This is what's coming out. You guys don't know about this, but these are the big skull items. Look at this shit. I, like, how are you not stoked on this? We took that skull from the mission logo, just blew it up big. Like, it's on the, uh, it's on the back of the um, LBM Bombers collaboration that we did with uh, Mark McLaughlin out of Cleveland. So if you were familiar with that shirt, we just, you know, took that skull and put it on the front and we think it looks great. So 
And for all of my uh, friends from Cleveland, you're going to really love the black and yellow one that does not represent the Pittsburgh Steelers. But it does, however, represent Wiz Khalifa, who is a pop culture icon, and we got to represent. So we're safe. So we're (laughs) safe. But you know, I know my Cleveland people won't buy that, but it's okay. It does look dope, right? It does. Anyway, so uh, so we're, we're releasing that. That's going to be available for pre-sale uh, within the next couple of weeks. We're going to take a moment. We wanted to tease it out to you guys here on the Bombcast tonight, but we're going to take a couple minutes before that's actually available to pre-sale. But, uh, so if you like it, let us know. Send us an email. We'll, we'll reserve you one. But uh, we're putting together the... Uh, the pre-sale for that. And I think you guys are going to be pleased with uh, a, the pre-sale of it. And then uh, kind of the idea rolling out of it uh, once we have inventory on it, because it's a, it's a special piece. And let me just go ahead and, and dive into that right now. So what this represents is basically just going head first for your dreams, just right out of the gate, like right until the end. Okay. So you have an idea, you have a vision, you commit to it, you dive out, and and make it happen and so that is just an amplified kind of visual aid for for that and that goes with the bomb your boundaries mission that goes with everything that we talk about so um just so you guys have a little backstory on on where that comes from that's what that's what that's conveying right there other than that man we're just preparing for agenda that's going to be in august and uh we have really put the focus back on just more marketing for you guys like how can we provide more value for you how can we give back um so we came up with some ideas today that we'll be rolling out probably within the next few months here that i think you guys will be really pleased with um just kind of you know consolidating all the information we've gathered over the years doing the bombcast, and we have a special treat for you that we'll be kind of rolling out with that stuff mm. um and other than that, man, we've just been, you know, honing our skills uh, as professionals for uh, both of our roles, you know, Steve on photography and me on the graphic design side, and, and and we're rolling forward with it, man. So that's where we are. That's it. I love it, man. Do you want to talk about, just real briefly, um, just uh, the 6-1 vibe? We, we ran kind of a, a promotion last weekend about how 80% of all of our uh, proceeds are going to go to the uh, to exit in, but then we, uh, I, I kind of want you to talk about that just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if you guys are local to Nashville, there was a article that was run uh, just a couple of days ago that said that the Exit Inn is up for sale. And so what that means is that the owners of Exit Inn right now just lease the building. Um, and so uh, obviously with leasing, you always run the risk of some developer from outside coming in to buy it out from under you. And in Nashville, that has become an unfortunate theme for us. Many of our historic places have been sold out from under us only to be replaced by a fucking parking lot or a Holiday Inn or something that does nothing for our city, which is appalling to all of us because it doesn't make sense if we if like really take a step back and think about this if music was the number one driver of tourism to nashville and then that tourism is the only reason that our city has gone up in stock and therefore brought in more developers why are we going to take away live music from nashville which was is going to ultimately take away from your development profits like that just makes no sense to any of us and so this is a very uh, you know hot button issue to us um, and it's been a threat for, for a while now. And so exit in, there was an article that went up about exit in, you know, being threatened with this, but then there was a silver lining in there saying that a 
development property or development uh, real estate development company out of North Carolina called Grub Properties has actually started this really cool cool thing called the Live Venue Recovery Fund. And they're working with venues like Exodin, which is a locally owned venue here, throughout the nation for all people that are are, uh, in that position being threatened by development. They're going to come in and help you fight against developers that are trying to bid on those venues and take them away. Uh, which is which is amazing. That's huge. So yeah. congrats to, to Grub Properties or whoever owns that for coming up with that idea. That's genius. If I had millions of dollars, I would be on that on that same train for too. Sure. Um, it's awesome. So. Uh, so in the article, that's the silver lining of it, that the owners of Exit Inn, Chris and Talisha Cobb, have teamed up with that development firm and that live recovery fund to fight the pending development deal on it. Um, and so uh, we initially were like, how can we help with this? Maybe there's a way that we can donate funds from sale of our, our 615 Vibe line, which is created to help preserve things like Exit Inn and things that make Nashville Nashville, therefore preserving the vibe of Nashville's 61 Vibe. You get it. Uh, you know, this is the perfect opportunity to put this to work. So we posted a thing on our Instagram, you guys have probably seen it, uh, that we're going to donate 80% of the sales from the 61 Vibe collection to uh, Saving Exit Inn. Which was awesome. Then we get a message from uh, the co-owner of Exit Inn. They were like, hey, thank you guys so much for uh, your efforts here. They were like, however, due to the legalities of the live venue recovery fund that we're involved in with this real estate firm, we can't accept donations directly. There's some legalities around it and and things like that. They're like, however, um, if things fall through with that, uh, which, by the way, they said does not look likely. Things look very positive. So for people in Nashville uh, looking out right now, that's kind of some inside information that things are looking good, that they'll be able to to buy it. Wow. Now, uh, they said in the off chance that that doesn't happen, they're, they're definitely into working uh, with us and doing a collaborative effort to kind of raise funds from the collective around Nashville here to, to save the venue. But it's not looking like it's going to come to that, but that's good. Uh, so... That's, that's where we're at with that. So instead of donating the funds from the 615 sales to the Live Venue Recovery Fund, aka directly to Exit In, we're going to take those funds and deliver, uh, donate them directly to NIVA, which is the National Independent Venue Association, which, uh, interestingly enough, the co-owner of uh, Exit In, Chris Cobb, actually lobbied for and is like one of the founders of that, mm-hmm. which is pretty mm-hmm. it was amazing. The drive of these guys is, is just incredible uh, to be able to, you know, face COVID and then rally, you know, all of your connections and create a lobbying effort that creates a national uh, you know, association, which is rad. So uh, the original post that said that we were going to donate all those funds directly to exit in that has now changed we're going to donate it to niva the national independent venue association uh which is just a larger fund that can help save venues across the nation uh that are in trouble due to uh hits from covid so yeah not only are you helping you know and thank you guys everyone for donating so far we love it and not only you're helping music city doing that you're helping music nationwide you're helping music worldwide and and right now music needs that and just as much as we need the music 
Absolutely. So instead of just helping exit in here, you're helping you're helping venues around the nation, which is which is fantastic. So that's the news on that. Um, uh, you know, and we're still you know just as as fired up as and passionate about it. And you guys have the power to help us grow that six one vibe sector of our clothing yeah. line to a to a huge level. We would love. Uh, you know, if we were at a point right now where it was just a massive nonprofit that could come in and, and partner with that fund and be an even better benefit. And, and we're working on it and we're getting towards there. So anyone who has bought that, uh, bought a 6-1 Vibe item, just thank you so much because that's what you're working towards. That's what you're building towards. So it's good stuff. Thank you. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you, Kev, for the yeah, news, man. Thank man. You. That'll do it for the news, y'all. Now it's time to get into our special guest as she takes a sip. Look at her over there. Guys, she is one of the raddest and baddest humans you'll meet here in Nashville, and I promise you that. She's a music industry professional. Uh, she's an entrepreneur, uh, one of the owners of the lifestyle brand, Young Music City, that influences this amazing music culture right here in the 615. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Miss Jamie Dryberg. Jamie, what's going down? Hello, hey guys. That's quite an uh, quite an intro. Quite an intro. Been Can I get that at my funeral? Maybe? Absolutely. Okay, great. Absolutely, <laughs> Jamie. How are we, man? I am. Uh, I'm. I'm glad to see you survived this winter blast we just had. I did uh, just barely. It was very, um, very interesting. But we had about the most gorgeous day in the world today, and I yeah. am now sitting with some buddies, having some drinks, talking yeah. about music. So. You know, you're made out okay. it's always good, guys. It's always good. Now, you're from, is it New York? Is it upstate? So you're used to the snow. You know the snow. I am. Okay. I will say, though, I haven't lived there in. It's been a while. It's been a minute. 12 years, maybe. Something okay. like that. Okay. Oh, wow. Bad at math. Around 12 years. Um, and so my parents actually moved here three years ago. And they're still new to the South. And any, anytime I say I'm cold, they go. You're from New York. And I go, Mom, it's been 12 years. Right. Like, I haven't actually had to deal with snow aside from one or two days in, you know, a decade. So yeah. I have, like, lost my winter skin. I'm still very much a Southerner in that way. Yeah. It's still not fun for me. Oh, totally. 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 And, <laughs> and, and you're right. I mean, you did mention today. I mean, last weekend we were snowed in. We had this Arctic blast from out of nowhere. And then now it's 73 degrees. And... Uh, I'm looking tan as hell, right? So I've been outside. <laughs> there we go. Come on, guys. Here we go. Nashville, come on, move down. The weather's not too bad. Uh, <laughs> Jamie, let's talk, man. Uh, I'm so glad that you came on this podcast. We've been buddies for a long time. Um, I've been really looking forward to this conversation with you. Uh, you're a busy person. Let's be honest. You're a pretty busy person. Um, you're currently the creative director of at Demolition Music. Is that right? I am. Okay. Yes. Shout out to the Demolition family. Uh, we've had a couple people on from Demolition. Love them. They're just amazing people. Love you, Demolition fam. My crew. Love them. That's the crew, man. Always glad to have a demo on here. And you also, you you view like uh, probably like thousands of song submissions from Songtown, right? So you're also- I do, yes. You're a song reviewer. Let me ask you this, uh, you know, what like what made you want to get a part of this crazy circus we call the music industry? Hmm. Gosh. Um. I was gonna make a dumb joke, guys, but didn't come through. But here we are. Um, <laughs> no. So essentially, what's funny is I have a lot of friends that 
they grew up either artists or they grew up knowing this is in my blood, it's in my veins, music's my dream, it's my life. And I like wasn't that person at all. I had no clue I even cared about music. I knew it was there. I liked the Spice Girls. I was into that. I was I liked uh, obviously country music. Um, but I think the turning point is when you find an artist you love and you go, actually, I connect to that in a certain way that makes me want to be more involved and it snowballs. And I think that... Um, I think that for me, it was just very unexpected. I had no clue what I wanted to do out of college. No idea. But honestly, I'm, a, I'm an OG T-Swift fan. Nice. Taylor Swift changed my fucking life. She'll do it. Swear to God. <laughs> She'll do it. Swear to God. And, you know, there's a whole story I can go into. But I think if you meet a lot of girls, I mean, you know, boys as well, but especially girls, I'm 30. I know I look 12, but it's fine. 30. Um, I was gonna say thirteen and a half. But you know, we'll go we're, twelve. We're getting there. This is water, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> if you speak to a lot of girls my age, you will find that Taylor Swift influenced an entire culture. You can love or hate her, but she made the music industry seem like something you could get into. And her music invited a lot of people who may may not have either liked country music, music, or any really had any interest in the music industry until she sort of showed up and. We all were like, hey, this is a thing that exists. We can be a part of. We feel part of a community. And literally, like, I remember the day I heard a Taylor Swift song and it changed my life. I would not be in Nashville if Taylor Swift didn't exist. So Now, why Whoa. is that? Is it because of, you know, probably multiple things, but it's like her, what, her storytelling and, her, and the songwriting? Is it just like how she markets herself? Is it just like the image? Like what is so... I mean, I know why she's very special and why she's so grand and why we all, I mean, everyone, you kind of have to love Taylor Swift, right? Of course. But what, what was it exactly for you that just drawn you to this to make you want to move here? Well, let me preface and say the way that I said that made me sound like I'm a stalker and I showed up here to <laughs> stalk her. That was not the case uh, at all. That was just sort of the catalyst that made me realize I like music. I like country music. I love the craft of songwriting. I love X, Y, and Z. Oh, I can be in the industry, right? So that sort of all stemmed okay. from just that song you love. And for me, the first one I ever heard was Tim McGraw. And she's the same age as I am. And I don't know why we're not BFFs yet. Tay, hit me up. Come on. We'll hang soon. You're going to love her. I'll give you my number after this. Just slide in the DMs. <laughs> um, but no, I don't... It's interesting. I think that for Taylor... Because I always liked music, right? Like I mentioned. Right. Something about Taylor being young and able to, especially a girl, just say it the way it was. Like I, mean, I was 15 when her first song came out. So was she. And... It was just so related on a level that you've never heard. You've heard things in pop music. Pop music is crafted differently, so it doesn't always resonate the same way that country music does. I think she was able to take, to take the amazing sentiments of country music writing and the melodies and the styles to really bring it to a generation that may never have ever even thought to like country music. Uh, and, you know, whatever you want to call her genre these days, that shifted. But something about a way she told the story just resonated so well. And the way she put it together and presented it and her honesty, it, I, I don't even know the word for it, but it pulled me in. It pulled a lot of people I know in. And she just made it seem like you're a part of something. It was almost a community just in the way that she wrote things and she did things and presented things. 
She's kind of like this boss bitch, right? Because I feel like at 15, didn't she like drop her dad from her management and just kind of took over from like, or, or it, was, it was at a very young age where she kind of took over her own career. For real, yeah. And that is, a, what, a, what a power move and what a scary move to do, but I mean, a boss move to do. I mean, she's just a bad bitch. And I think that, especially if you're one of the ones that followed her from the beginning, and I, I'm going to say, like, you know, she's done a lot of things in the past 15 years. She's grown a lot. She's done some things I don't fully agree with. She's done things I didn't love. But I think we all have the artist that pulls you into something. Or maybe it's not music. Maybe you're into sports. You have that one basketball player that made you realize you like basketball because of the way they presented themselves on the court mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. But for me, like, I think she's a, she was sort of a gateway drug for a lot of people that would not have been able to find uh find that emotion in that community elsewhere. So she just, I I don't know, she's just a sick person. And again, I feel like a stalker here, but get in my feels about it because I think of the things that got me into it. And then that turned into writing a dumb blog for, I mean, it was fun at the time, but a dumb blog and it turned into some other things, turned into all kinds of music related things. But I always point it back to her because she, just had this unspeakable quality that really brought community and excited young girls and guys around the entire world. Wow. You know, is she the best singer in the world? No, we know this. Is she the best at everything? No, but I think that she's been able to create a legacy and a fan base that is, I would say, comparable to if you projected out Madonna or Cher, a lot of these artists. And, you know, we know a lot of artists like that. Beyonce is one of them that sort of, you know, I think there's a rivalry between the fan bases, but they sort of create this community. And even if they do different genres, different songs, different things, there's a quality about them and it's intangible. I don't even fully know what it is yeah. that just attracts people. And she is just always crushing it. She's doing so many things. And I just, at the end of the day, love what she does because she's created this community and she's pulled some people in. And I think that she literally has expanded the market, the genre, I think she's really partly responsible for why Nashville has grown so much. She's been this huge catalyst. So I look at her and I go, lover or hater for certain things. She's just such a sick chick and I wouldn't be here. And I know so many people that wouldn't be in Nashville without her. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, okay. So, so Taylor Swift, we, 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 we all just got that. That's amazing. Amazing story. But how does it lead to Jamie? How does it lead to, and by the way, you are an identical twin, correct? I think so. It's an identical twin. <laughs> I'll have to check. Sister Emily. Now, and, and, and both of you uh, are music industry professionals. So how does going from Taylor Swift, I, what she stands for, to going to a, a prolific uh, you know, in, in an important uh, position at a, a music uh, publishing company. How do you get there? What, what What are some of the steps? Like, how did you become this? She made you feel empowered, I would imagine, right? And you had to, you felt like a sense of obligation to carry out her mission in a sense, maybe? Uh, it's an, or to be an extension of it? Well, it's interesting. And, and by the way, as I'm thinking about this, I'm going, I've just talked about Taylor Swift for like 10 minutes and this feels very weird. No, but, it, was, it was good you know, insight though. I didn't, it was, I, no, I I'm didn't think I'm like, her records now. yeah, I've been one yeah. of those people that's just like, oh, Taylor, whatever. But to hear it from like a true fan, which yeah. I would not consider myself one, but to hear it from you, I'm you're like, not oh, alone. wow. You're not alone. There's no, a you're lot definitely of, not alone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's cool to hear yeah. it, and I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. There's the utility of... I love Tay-Tay. Right? Totally, yes. Energy. Yeah. 
no, no, me too. Like uh, Tay Tay, like pop. Tay Yeah, yeah. Tay-tay. But okay, uh, well, is that derogatory? Sorry. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm just like, like Tay Tay. We don't know her like you do, Jamie. Yeah, so so don't be offended. Are we not allowed to call her Tay Tay? I mean, once on she slides list. in our DMs, like it's gonna be good. We'll all know her, and you'll be, I'll be JJ. You'll be. Say say stay, I don't stay. know KK. Yo, let's be real for a moment though, because you are like, dude, you 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 really kill it here in in Nashville and stuff. So come from Taylor Swift and being inspired, and I love that story because sometimes it's not like an internal thing; it's it's someone else doing something, and you see that, and it makes you believe in yourself, right? For sure. So it gives you that power to kind of go and do the thing. Now you're at this position where I mean, you kind of are in a position to where you can make and break songwriters careers you can say yes to a song and give it the wheels to go further how do you how, what were the steps to get to where you're at now well it's a, it's a very long story but i guess the short story long if if i'm even able to do that um but is i always again say she's a gateway drug right or the, the thing that that opens the, th- the door for you right and so Again, as I mentioned, I was never even a huge music fan. I was I like it exists, right? If I go dancing, if I go am I driving my car, I like it. But I just never cared because I hadn't found the one thing that I liked. And I guess Taylor was part of that, but it really just opened it up for country music to me. And I never knew that country, I think a lot of times, because I work up primarily in country, I do some other genres as well. Country, I think, has had such a stigma for so long about being lame or just you know um very boxed in towards a culture that not everybody can relate to and when she kind of opened that door and i started listening to rascal flats reba you know i mean this was you know 10 15 years ago but it got me to darius rucker got me to tim mcgraw i mean into all these legends and the new ones too that were coming up at the time and i was like wow you know there is so much here that i feel like i resonate with so much and i just loved it and I'm a very obsessive person. I think a lot of us in Nashville are very um, addictive personalities. And for me, I just loved it. And I just, I was like, I love what she's doing. What else can I like? Started pulling in all these other things, realizing, wow, I love what this genre does. And so I started a blog with my sister. And it was, so we were living in South Carolina at the time. And we didn't know what we wanted to do. We lived in Buffalo at first, right? Didn't know what we wanted to do. So we're sitting at this bus stop in Buffalo, right? Freshman year of college, freezing our asses off in the cold. Bus stop in Buffalo is a country song. Bus stop and ooh. That's it. I'm on 1% publishing on that one. (laughs) But we have this kind of story of us just being like, we don't know what we want to do. We're out here, we're at great schools, freezing. We know that we like music. Started a weird little blog just talking about music, just for our family and our friends. I'm like, well, what, what can we do? Didn't know music industry existed. Like, we, and it was there, but I still thought you had to be a man in the, a suit to be in it. And so we're like, well, let's open a country bar on the beach. And that was our goal. So nice. we moved to South Carolina, went to Coastal Carolina University, which is in Myrtle Beach, if you guys have been there, yeah. which is um, great. Amazing until you realize it's Myrtle Beach. <laughs> Myrtle Beach. <laughs> it's amazing till like that. you spend a year and a half there and you go, it's Ooh, Myrtle Beach. It's Myrtle yeah. Beach. So essentially we went there and we got involved with this little blog we started, which that is another story if we have time for that. Um, mildly embarrassing because it's still up there and uh, it was not my finest work. 
But essentially, we would go to the showcase around, and there's a few venues around South Carolina. Myrtle Beach had a few, North Carolina had a few, and we would just, every weekend, drive to these different venues and see these artists play. But we would do the meet and greets, right? We're fangirls. Yeah. But we'd also meet the, the drummers, the manager, whoever on the team was there, and just talk about our passion and, and just blog about it, right? And that turned into them going, why aren't you in Nashville? You guys seem to have this passion. Like, you know, you have this drive for music. And I was like, well, I didn't even know you could do that. I thought you had to be a millionaire, again, in a suit, who was a guy who worked for Sony at the time. Or you had to be... Yeah, interesting. Had no idea. And so, and then I realized, wait, you can go and do music for a living, right? You don't have to be a musician. You can actually just love music and want to work for it and make decisions as a normal human, like, that blew my fucking mind. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a great point. Yeah, because you wouldn't think of that. Didn't even know. I had no clue. I just figured it was, like, the stock market or something, like, you know, the top, I guess, the stock market. That's probably not the best comparison, but, like... No, I feel I, like no, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. I mean? You're either on the Wall Street floor or, like, you just don't do it. Exactly. Even though there's day traders, like, in their underwear in, you know, Nebraska doing it. Totally, yes. I, yeah, I yeah. totally agree. I, you know, I, it was 2007. I watched this uh, thing on GAC. I was just getting into country music. I didn't really listen too much. And I saw the the hit Man of Music Row TV show with Jeff Steele and Tony Mullins and Bob DiPiro. And they were, like, these, like, songwriters. And they're like, oh, we're not really, like, we're the people that write the songs. We're not the artists that do them. And I'm like, I didn't know that was a job. Right. I didn't know that existed. I thought you had to, like, no idea. And that changed my total perception of everything and changed my world. Isn't and so that it's, wild? It, it's, it's crazy how little, like, you, you don't know until you, yeah, in, until that, that moment. I know that moment you're talking about. You're like, what do you mean? It's like, like I think Eureka. we all feel it. You go, wait, hold up. I can do what I love. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't have to be like a, a hobby and I don't have to be classically trained in this. My parents don't have to be these types of people. I exactly. could just be a normal person with a passion and try to make it happen if I just go for it. It's crazy. It's wild, dude. Awesome. It's, it's so wild. I love that you're on the level with me because I think yeah. that not everybody has the same journey. But I mean, I think when you hit that moment, when you realize, yo, look, it's almost like divine, honestly. It's almost like a fate thing. Like I don't know if I believe in fate, but I do believe in law of attraction, manifestation, the universe coming out for you. Mm-hmm. And not to get too into that, but like, I feel oh, like no. there was frequencies like this moment. Frequencies yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, that's, we'll get into that later, but that's like my new thing. Mm-hmm. But um, essentially, like, there's a whole story that goes with that, but I realized, and my sister did as well, we're like, well, we love these things. We have different strengths and weaknesses. We have this blog, which is dumb, but at the time, it was getting getting us in all these shows for free. We could meet all these artists. We would inter- It was terrible interviews, let me tell you. Like, nothing classy, but we, we would go and get to meet the top artists at the time. And just realizing, holy shit, right? So, long story short, um, we transferred, transferred to Belmont and do the Belmont thing as you do. And in the time, we still had this blog going. We're meeting all these artists, doing all these things, interning in every way possible, like every weird internship, some great ones too. But whatever we could do, the Craigslist ones, like just going at it, yeah. like in random sheds with people to like manage them or whatever. That's and it just turns into a snowball. You just meet people and we would go out, obviously, have a few adult beverages, make some buddies. And you know how it just sort of snowballs in this thing and you make this network and uh, did a bunch of things. And then I'm now at 
demolition as a result of just sort of that snowball of the network and the connection and the passion and the hustle and the absolute maybe um, mental craziness of wanting to do this every single day. Wow. Wow. That is super inspiring. Can you elaborate more on what the Belmont thing is? You said, like, (laughs) do the Belmont thing as you do. What a... Enlighten us on that. Two guys that haven't gone to Belmont, but probably have an idea what you're saying, because we've been here long enough, but would really love for you to kind of shed the light on. What's the Belmont thing? Yeah. Well, I will say that's not a bad thing, but I think sometimes it gets a bit of a stigma. Sure. Um, And I will say, uh, shout out to Belmont. I love you, but... uh, you own more than anything of me in my world. I uh, got about a lot of money owed to this school. They, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's gonna be forgiven. One of the You're most not expensive shit. schools yeah. to go in the country. Yeah, oh yeah, they're sure. like, oh, go to the best music business school in town, and so you're sorry, probably in the world, right? Especially Nashville, you go no, there. One hundred percent. Yeah. Go there, and by the way, they just put in this new fountain about two years ago. This fountain is like the size of your house it's massive yeah you paid some other one that's i know i'm like, looking at i'm going that is what my money is paying yeah, for you is need to go felon. add your initials into that and be like yo bitch i paid for it dude i want i want like my, the one that's in the in like the courtyard by like yes the, dude, it's beautiful it changes colors and stuff or? it's beautiful but i'm sitting there going yeah. like i should be carved in stone on that fountain because i feel like my life savings and my you know monthly dues to this you know beautiful institution goes to this fountain among other things Okay, but it, but when you look at it like mm-hmm. this, though, when you put in, you know, what you said, you know, recently was, you know, the, the hustle and, you know, your integrity of like wanting to, to do this and the passion to, to want to do music, having that Belmont thing kind of worked out for you, though, too, right? It didn't, well, it oh, didn't yeah. hurt. It didn't hurt to have the Belmont kind of oh, yeah. background, right? Because there is people I know in this town that look at and say, oh, you went to Belmont, you're you will be given opportunities, but it's what you do with those opportunities that, yes. And that's the hustle. That's the grit. That's the yes. integrity for sure. Yes. And I'm not knocking Belmont, by the way, I just sort of throw that out there because it's no, like, no, no. Yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, everybody I know has been to Belmont. Right. And True. it's just such, I mean, I will say it's an amazing school. It's beautiful. Like the buildings are amazing. The classes, the teachers are like world-class, like professionals that have been in like major bands or they've been, you know, on the forefront of major lawsuits for, like, the top industry, like, people, like, it's a great thing. Um, but it, I think sometimes it does get a bit of a stigma, like, oh, you're a Belmont person. And yeah, yeah, Belmont kids are a thing. It's a It's, it's a, a thing. Term. It's, yeah. a, it's a thing. Well, I will tell you, I love... Not derogatory, necessarily. It's, it's not derogatory. derogatory. Right. Exactly. Like, just like Vandy kids are it a thing. It produces a mental yeah. image. It draws up emotions when you hear it as an Exactly, yeah. yes. I'll tell you what, though. I love going to... Not emotions, and, and, preconceptions. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I used to love going to the five spot, and, and you know, when they were still doing live music and hopefully they'll be doing it soon because there's a lot of Belmont bands that play there and you will see the most interesting eclectic music ever where you like a rock band will have a bassoon player or whatever because it's just oh, these yeah. kids get together with all these different types of talented kids and they're still creating this awesome thing called music but it's the most like interesting shit you'll ever hear interesting is a great word for it yeah very interesting um but I like seeing like the Belmont, you know. I don't oh, know. for I like sure, dude. It. I'll tell you what, a quick Belmont story, and then we'll, we'll get back on track. But I, I could never afford to go there, and and I know it's expensive as fuck. 
But I had a friend when I first moved here that was rolled in and she would invite me and stick me into seminars when I first moved here. I got to see like Desmond Child. Like I'll never forget. I got to see Desmond Child, who was like my favorite songwriter at the time. And I got to hear him talk about like all of his Bon Jovi cuts, like living on a prayer and you gave love a bad name and bad medicine and all that stuff. And I got to hear him talk and like, she would sneak me in through like one of the theaters and like, cause they don't really take like a roll call. You just, it's like kind of open doors. It was back then. Very true. And I used to be able to sneak in and like go and I would just write down notes and stuff. And it was the coolest thing. But so, I mean, the opportunities are there. It's, it's an awesome school. Oh, it's, but, it is an awesome school. Yeah. Really. Yeah. It's, there's some really sick things. And I think after a while you almost get desensitized to it because it's such a, like such an experience. Um, but I will say I transferred in. Um, I'm like I was like a super duper senior. I did like the eight year college plan, which like my parents hated. And I, looking back, there's some things I probably could have changed to make it a bit more, um, you know, reasonable. But here we are. Um, <laughs> Efficient, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a lot of things. But what I did love is like I would intern. It was across the music row. It was so sick at the time. I was like I was a broke college kid, like living in some like shit apartment on in west nashville and to me like i remember getting accepted belmont being like i can we kept calling it my sister and i because we, we sort of work in tandem tandem in a lot of ways we kept calling it the keys to the kingdom we're going we we'll go there did, did i skip half my classes yes the ones that i thought that didn't matter right i went to all my music stuff whatever sorry belmont but you know i was not the best student i was there because i was excited and i would rather go to a showcase and meet some dope artists and their team and create a relationship and bond that I still have to this day than maybe study for the, the chem test that I absolutely failed, right? And I'm absolutely, not saying I get yeah. the best grades and that sort of thing. So I look back on that. I really wish I had taken advantage of a few more things. But I wouldn't be where I'm at if it weren't for Obama as well because they definitely created some amazing things and they were across the music row. I could walk there and be in this world yeah. that I dreamed of. Yeah. Yeah. God, that's amazing. What an incredible opportunity. So that, you know, that's an, that's an interesting question. What's your take on higher education then? Like necessary, not necessary. I know that's a huge question and very nuanced, but, um, in general or for music, uh, for, yeah, let's keep it with music for someone. Let's say, let's say someone wants to do exactly what you want to do. So, I mean, there, I have a few different schools of thoughts on it, but to kind of keep it a bit more linear, Mm -hmm. it's tough because, there's only so many positions. It's getting more and more competitive, um, especially in recent years to be in music industry. So you have to have a college degree. And they prefer it to really? be from somebody, especially if you're going to be in a creative position. They prefer it to be from MTSU, Berkeley, Belmont. I mean, rightfully sure. so. You learn the pedigree. You learn all the things that go with it. You understand what's happening. Same time, though, I still think, because it still is kind of a newer education plan, right? I think that doctors and dentists and things like that have been around forever and a lot of other things, but they're still figuring out the curriculum. My problem I found, and it's a problem I actually find with interns, um, and not all of them, but the thing is they teach you, this is music. It's music business, music theory. They don't actually give you practical, um, and I've told a few Belmont professional professors this as well, and they agreed with me. Obviously, you can't change a curriculum overnight. They don't give you a major or sorry like maybe a minor right i mean you can always minor in things but i wish it would have been music business you learn everything but you also focus in something so you go i'm a music business person but i focus in graphic design i focus in publishing i focus in 
something that gives you a skill set where you can be amongst all these competitive people and have something that gives you an edge because I find this again with interns and I find it found it as an intern myself that I would go, yeah, I love music. I'm passionate. I know all these things. They go, but what can you do? How can you be an asset to my company? And especially when you have an, an offset of boutique companies popping up left and right that need the person who can wear a lot of hats. And so for me personally, like I've always liked like creativeness. So I got really into Photoshop and Illustrator and graphic design and creative things that I thought I just liked, but I found was helpful because I could say, hey, listen, I will do whatever I'll hustle for you. I'm obsessed, obsessed. I have a knowledge. I can also do all of your creative stuff. I can also create all your graphics, flyers, do your social media. I can help with your album covers, singles, and that sort of thing. And that gives me a step ahead. And so I think that the degree is needed because you have to have the degree. It's a kind of neat thing, but I think that they need to alter the curriculum so that you go, I can edit videos. I can, um, yeah, I can produce, I can do, there needs to be something in there that gives you an edge because it almost doesn't matter. You can read a book about it, right? Almost doesn't matter if you just know about it, but if you can't actually practically apply it to a setting and make yourself an asset to these companies, it's tough to even fit you on a roster with a bunch of other staff members. Okay, thank you. I love that you brought that up. I just, mm -hmm. I don't understand why in higher education they can't say, hey, there's three components that you're going to need to execute on when you get out into the real world. It's exactly. going to make you and other people money. And that's why you're sitting in my class today. Music, just like everything else, every other business, it's a product. You're going to find an artist. They're going to create a product. You're going to create a sales and marketing funnel for that product. Exactly. It's going to filter high pay, pay, you know, high paying customers or fans into that. And it's going to generate money for this whole fucking thing that produces tour buses and concert ticket sellouts and merchandise and all that stuff. Yep. Where do you fit in? on that why is yes. that never just like that's day one right there like yeah. why does no one go up there and just say that i I've, I've never understood like why there's this veil where everything is overly complicated and overly analytical and you have to go through a whole you know 12 course syllabus on it i just i um i'm just curious on your take on that like why not just like give the info you know i don't know the answer for that um I just think that it's not a malintention. I think that it is just that we're still working with a new curriculum. Uh, music business has been around for, don't quote me, about 30 years, I would say, 40 years max in colleges. I think they're still just trying to figure it out. And it's not to be misleading in any way, but I think that they are just still figuring it out. And Belmont in particular is a great school. They produce a lot of great things. So maybe they've not felt a reason to challenge the curriculum and challenge the things that are going on. Yeah. Like they've got a legacy of amazing things. I don't always know that they need to do that. So, you know, and that's just my opinion, by the way. Uh, people may have different opinions. And I think that maybe you can go different routes where you can be a double major, where you can be a music business major with a marketing minor, a music business major with a X, Y, and Z minor. So maybe that was just my fault, not taking the right route. But you would think it'd be a bit more maybe advertised. But again, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's just something that maybe at some point should be addressed. Okay. Love it. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. I love that. I want, I want to steer to this last question because I know, I know we want to, I want to get into the, the entrepreneurial side of you. 
Um, now we've Kevin and I have both asked this question on the podcast many times. I think with a lot of industry professionals, so we've said, "Okay, you're a young kid moving to the city, and uh, you're an aspiring songwriter. You know, what do you do?" I want to take it a step further. Okay, you've been here. You've been in the industry a little bit. Uh, say you're a uh, you've been here maybe four or five years. You're you're a songwriter slash artist slash creator whatever producer. You're you're killing it at these song. You're doing the writers rounds. You're killing it. You're out there. You're networking. You're doing the things you need to do. You're you're meeting people. People kind of know your face around town. People. They see your name, they're like, okay. They come into a meeting with Jamie Dryberg, and it's a pitch meeting. They play you the three best songs, and you, you, you hear them, and they're like, these are good, but they're not great. In, in, in my experience, there's a lot of people that I think we, Kevin and I both know, and probably you know too, that a lot of people get discouraged after a certain amount of time, and they're like, well... I don't know what else I have to give. I don't know what else I have to offer. Like, I just can't get over. I'm staying about right here. I'm not here, but I'm about right here. What advice would you give a person to stay in the fight and do the all and not do the ultimate no-no, which is just quit? Of course. What would you tell that person? I've got a lot of things here, but I'm trying to find the one that's the best, right? Yeah. So first off, let me just kind of flip the question a bit because... I think that what a lot of songwriters and artists and aspiring creatives don't realize is the amount of no that we hear on our end on the business side. I think that it's very, um, and rightfully so, it's very much um, a no town for the people that are presenting things. You know, a songwriter, an artist, that's a, a great producer, point. You're a the creative. first person to come on here and say that, and that's a great point. Thank you for mentioning. Thank you that. for thank you for validating. It's a no my great town point. for the professionals too, guys. Exactly. And you'll find that on all, all different levels, labels, you know, producers, writers, X, Y, and Z, the entire gamut, it isn't a yes town for anybody with that 1%, right? And for those with the 1%, like, are they the 1% forever? We don't really know. So my thing is, we hear so much no. If I want to, I mean, I look at, for example, um, what's a good example of this? I mean, pitching songs, for example, yeah. right? Like, um, and Mike can probably tell you this very well. You guys know my buddy, Michael August. He's on my team at Demolition. He's my boy. Um, Love you, Mike. Great, talented writer, cut all the songs. Also an awesome general manager at my company. Mike is it's great because he, he sees it from both sides. He's a writer, but also a, a, a creative business side yeah. person, right? Yeah. Sees both sides, right? The thing is, like, let's say I go into pitch meeting. Like, we get a song in last week that is a goddamn smash. Like, I know songs, they're whatever, but this song's a smash. You just know it. You just know. And I will say sometimes you just don't know. And there's a lot of hit or miss. There's a lot of this or that. We got one recently. We got the sick writer, Joe Leathers. If you guys know him, shout out. He's um, got a few amazing cuts on Lee Bryce's last album. A lot of cuts on, on huge number one albums he's amazing he turned in a song last week and the entire team goes yes holy shit yes we're pitching around we're getting it's great but not not for the right person it's great and we're going in what world and what like this is a song that is so it's like a live like you're dying kind of thing it's called uh 
if I had to guess. And Skip Black and Robert Counts wrote it, wrote on it with him. And it's just a sick song. I pitch it to everybody on the fucking planet. And I'll circle back in a few months. Sometimes it's timing. But all I'm getting is no. And I'm going, if this is a no song, I need to leave my job because it's such a sick song. Wow. But I will say, on my, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the point I'm making is we get so much no too. I hear no every damn day. I hear no. But the thing is, you can't take it as a personal thing. It's a business. We're in a business. And nobody's trying to hurt someone's feelings and make them feel bad or whatever. It's just we all have to deal with a lot of things, constraints, assets, X, Y, and Z that other people don't see. So you guys as writers and creators on your side deal with things that we don't fully understand. We deal with things you guys understand. Labels deal with things. There's a lot of things. So kind of my main point is to begin with that is there's a lot of no on our end you guys don't see. So don't ever feel like just because you hear no, that is the end. Because no is only no until it's yes, right? Wow. Yep. I, I quote think me. I, quote that me. was fucking huge. Those I, last I think, two minutes yeah. are like pretty much all you need to listen to. I hope to. that camera is still working. Because <laughs> we're pointing at you. Well, Jamie, I, I got to say this too. I think that's the most beautiful <laughs> and most honest approach we've had on the show. Yeah, thank dealing you. With, um, I love that. And, and, and high and fives. Then, you know, and high fives all around. You no, know, for, for Air real. Five. And I want that to be a lesson to all you aspiring artists and writers is like, you know, a lot of people, and I know this in town, I know this in town because I am a songwriter. Like everyone's like, oh, my team, my team. Everyone wants to blame and point fingers at everyone else. But guess what? Your team is batting for you and they hear the no's just as much as you do. And they don't want to deliver. Like Jamie just said, they don't want to deliver you the no's and they don't want, they're hearing the no's. It makes them want to want to quit their job too, especially when they're hearing something from you. That sounds so amazing that in what world, how could this not be a number one? They feel it too, but it's only a no until it's a yes. It's the, the one of the just a great thing, a great Thank thing you. you said there. Coming from yeah. an industry professional, guys, so that you should keep your your head in the game, your pen to the paper, and your fingers on the strings. I think that should. Yeah, agreed, yeah, guys. And it really is. It's tough for all of us. And if it were if it were easy, we'd all be, you know, probably doing different things because we're all a bit crazy to be doing this every day. Right. Right. So, you would get bored if it was too easy. Right. And that's yeah. a th- that's the thing. So it's almost never personal. And I fight for things, you know, at my company and my other companies. And it's not for lack of love. And this is one thing I think that is really important as well. I have a lot of buddies that I'm obsessed with. I want to sign them. I want to make them make sense. But here's my thing is, especially because publishing is my main thing, right? We, we do some artist services and, and some things as well. It's not going, you're not good enough. It's not going... I don't love, I'm not obsessed with what you do. It's going, am I the right fit for you? Because I think of my, my shit is always long game. I always think five years, 10 years. It is a relationship town, but not for those five minutes that year. To me, it's a lifetime relationship. We're in this for a career, right? Let's say I love Steve. Look, Steve's an amazing writer, guys. If you don't know his shit, Steve's, I'm going to pimp on him real hey, hard. Man. Hi, guys. Steve is a sick-ass writer. Right but I don't know that Steve would be the right fit in my company. And Steve will figure things out, and he's obviously talented in a million fucking ways. We know this. Like, look at all of this he's created. Literally. We're in his living room and his swaggy, his side room and his swaggy furniture with his swaggy stuff that Kev's helping him do. Like, so many things. But I go, if we sign Steve to a publishing deal, Steve, I don't know he's the right fit. 
And it's not going, he's not talented enough for a publishing deal. It's going, him signed our company, as much as we love him, I don't know that we could service him in the right way that would elevate him to the success he deserves. I don't want to make a deal a prison sentence. And I think a lot of writers, artists, creatives, producers, they go, I want the deal. I'm going, but the deal is not just something to put on a shelf, whatever, a bright, a deal is something that creates something, opens doors. I don't want to be your anchor. I want to be your wings, as sort of corny as that sounds. And if I can't be Mm. the person that moves you forward, I feel bad. That's on my fucking conscience. If I sign somebody and I can't do things for them, I go, this is three years they could have spent with somebody else. Every opportunity is also an opportunity cost. So we see that on our end. And I, again, I look at someone like Steve. He's a great example. He'll find the right deal someday, but he's out here hustling doing shit until then. And we find that he's going to know and it's going to be the right, great, the right team. It's the right synergy. And it's going to make great things happen. And so a lot of times, my point here is a no isn't a no. It's a, it's kind of a blessing in a, this, this guy's going, let's wait till you find something better. Because if I can't service you, you can't service me. What are we doing? What's the point? I love that. I love that too, because, and we talk about this a lot on the podcast about th- this word no. And I love how you kind of glorify this no as like, it's not just like, no, stop. No is not a red light. No, it's not a stop what you're doing. Go find something else to do. It's an opportunity. Yes, no exactly. is an exactly. opportunity to maybe go. It's a blessing. F- it is. It is. It's a blessing. That, that's, that's amazing that you said that. And uh, yeah, man, I, I, I love uh, and thank you. Thank you for, for putting that kind of light. God, Jamie Dreiber, come on. He, he paid me a lot to say that. But, you I know, paid we'll a lot ta- to say that. We'll talk about no, it later. No, I appreciate no, your I'm kind words. Well, okay, we have to, we're at the part of the show where we do have to kind of move along. Um, I want to talk about a very important thing, and I, this is an important thing to Nashville uh, in particular. This is Young Music City. Okay, now uh, you you have blessed us with promoting Bombers and Sleeves inside your newsletter. Uh, of course. Uh, a couple times, and we really appreciate that. Yo, I get this newsletter. Uh, man, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I get to see new artists. I get to discover new music. I get to know what's going on in the climate of what's going on in town, right? What's the, what made you prompt to start Young Music City? I mean, the short answer is I'm a fan. I think a lot of us are just fans. And this is a company I own with my sister. And then um, we've also got a partnership with, there's a company in town called Dennis Entertainment. We've got a man, he's a, he's a major manager. So Dennis Entertainment is a major manager company. And there's a guy named Charlie Salvatore who has been an entire, he's just been such a champion for myself and my sister for the past five years. Where We have a business partnership with this company and he's believed in us, but it kind of started initially five years ago. We were fans. We just wanted to meet great artists, promote them, talk to them, get in a room with them. Because I think Nashville, our sort of mission is just to create you know music culture in nashville and progress that and i think there's so many cool things happening town and a lot of it's country of course we're nashville but a lot of it's pop a lot of it's r&b a lot of it's folk a lot of it spans different genres some of it's signed some it's not some it's been here five years five minutes 50 years it doesn't fucking matter there's so many great things in town and i'm a fan of all of it and i think that a lot of people not a lot of people i think that it's very easy to 
fall into this Nashville bubble of like, Nashville is this, this, this. Nashville's a lot of amazing things. There's so much cool shit happening. One thing isn't necessarily better. It's just different, right? Like, it's just different. And my thing was always like, I'm a big fan of a lot of things. Let's just create something that celebrates all the culture, all the cool stuff. And like, we're starting to branch into some different brands, some different things, restaurants, you know, like different, a lot of different things that just represent what Nashville is. But Nashville isn't just country. I'm a huge, like, I'm here for country music. That's why I moved here. But Nashville is so many cool things. And I'm a fan of all of it. And I think we all are. And I would love to forever represent that shit. It just needs to be put in the right perspective, I think. Guys, I'll be honest. You know, you go to www.youngmusiccity.com, sign, subscribe to their their newsletter. It's amazing. I've heard some amazing, killer, unsigned, you know, writers, artists that I never would have heard of just through scrolling through. Thank it you. seems like, I mean, even like your, your email cool. sounds, uh, there's a lot of work involved. Is that all you or is that all your sister or is that, do you have a team involved? Is it people you want to shout out or what? Yeah, I mean, so everything you see, we've started with a few other people and, you know, just things happen, things change and you have to figure yeah. out your wants and needs. At the moment, it's myself and my sister, Emily, who's, if you see her, she's awesome, sick ass publisher, Lover looks just like me. She's really pretty, you know, lover. Um, the tops. Lover. Um, but so it's myself and my sister that do everything. But we've got in a partnership with a management team in town. And they've been really great champions for us. Uh, again, Dennis Entertainment is what they're called. And they represent Avenue B, Russell Dickerson, Montgomery Gentry, Billy Currington, a lot of major acts. So we're really blessed that they even wanted to work with us. Um, but they found us five years ago and we're doing just dumb, yeah. honestly, low-key low-key content and just working with things and they have been really great champions for us and so emily and i do pretty much everything you see we're sort of the brainchilds we create the things but it's really nice to have a team that we can consult with and go here's our thoughts we want to do this show we want to do this thing we want to try these things and have them go i love this and brainstorm that kind of thing so it's a bit of a collaborative effort but for the most part emily and i put out the most of the things you see what have you learned from that whole process that you were not expecting to learn? Like what like what strategies have worked in terms of like helping you grow that you like didn't think of when you first kind of started the whole thing? Well, it's tough because we've had to evolve a bit, right? Because I think that kind of the beauty, you guys probably see this as well with your bombers and sleeves is there are no, I mean, Obviously, bomber boundaries is your thing, but there's no boundaries in these sorts of... When you're creative like this, we have a platform, you can do anything, but it's sort of having to pick out what is your thing, right? And that is the thing It took, took us a long time to decide. Obviously, culture changes, social media changes. We first started, video was the hot thing. We did all videos, all videos. Yeah. And then we were doing more of sort of a blog thing because that was sort of hotter and whatever. And we've just sort of learned to diverse our... I'm sorry diversify ourselves yeah. so that we can be a bit better at certain things but also uh wide open so really what i've learned is just kind of go with what you're good at and don't just do fucking everything because you can yeah i could i like we're on tiktok we're not that active we try to do twitter we're not really yeah. tw we're not twitter people right we're just never gonna be we're instagram got some facebook stuff going on I won't try Twitch because why? Like, it's learn your things and go with it rather than just trying to be everything because that, A, takes away the love. I'm sure you guys know that you're going, I've done 40 things 
and none of them panned out. It's going, well, if you'd actually just done three or four and maybe just dabbled a little bit in other things, you'd find you had much better results. So it's really then also just trusting your team and finding like-minded people to collaborate with and uh, go with your gut on those things. And just don't be fucking selfish, dude. Don't just think about yourself. Think about what you can do for other people and the ways you can create opportunities for other people as well. Beautiful. That's beautiful. And and that reminded me of something when we had your... um when we had the, the GM of Demolition, Mike Augustine. Mikey. And he, and he always said this one thing to me, and it was always like owning your superpower. It's, it's like what you were talking about. Like you can be stretched all the way and like try to get like so seven things fucking done. How about getting one thing done right perfect? How about totally. getting it? And then going to the next thing and getting it done perfect. Like stop trying to... The, there is a lot when it comes to business, especially an apparel business, a lifestyle brand. And you, and you know this. I mean, you, you. There's so many things you could do, but how about taking the time and just getting maybe just the few things done right? It exactly. Will actually, expand all those things, and you probably will be able to do those things a little bit easier, right? Yeah, you're much more passionate about it too. I think you'll you'll find that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely, and Kevin and I have had that conversation too on, on our nature walks, man. And we we we, we just <laughs> talked about it. Like like we're into them. We're into the nature walks, man. We go. We and it is it's something about being out in nature, y'all. I, we we talk about it every podcast, but I gotta tell you, it is just something about being out there and having that free conversation. And um, when you have that free kind of conversation, you talk about like, okay, what's more important? Like, well, there has to be a goal, right? So what do we need to focus on? It's never, what are the 17 things that we need to work on? It's what's the one. Exactly. We do the one, we can get the two. We get the two, we get the three, exactly. we get to the 17, it's fine. Exactly. My, uh, I got a question for you too. You you live a busy life. You're a pretty busy person. I know you, you You know from these hundreds of song submissions you get through Songtown to being a creative director over at Demolition Music to running a lifestyle brand. What is your mindset when I mean when you wake up every day? Like I mean, and I know you too. You're a networker at night. You're the Drybergs are out. I mean, you guys are, you guys are the social society, man. For better or for worse, but yes, you guys absolutely. are. But I mean, I mean, what is the mindset when you wake up? Like, is it just you're running on f- that fuel of the energy of just the passion of the lo- the things that you love doing, or like, is there a certain like what's your process on like how you complete a day? I think it's all the strippers that really just fuel me every day. Totally. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally. um, obviously. Um, no, for me, like, I can't speak for everybody because I will say one of the things that I want to be more than anything is a disciplined human. I'll never be that. Uh, I try, and, and I think COVID's been good for kind of creating those things for myself and a lot of people. For me, it's going, I just, as dumb as, not dumb, corny as this may sound, I just want to be better every day. I just want success. Like, I know that sounds very like, oh, success. But to me, I'm going, I don't know religion, whatever people people feel. But for me, I'm going, I don't really know what I'll ever have after this. I just want the best life in this I can ever do. We may never get another shot or maybe we'll get a thousand reincarnated. But for me, on a deeper level, I go, I just want this day to be, not every day this day has to be the most amazing thing ever, working towards something better. Like I have like a thing in my wall. It's like every day it's like, Goals. Am I gonna hit all of them every day? No. Meditate. Read ten days of book. Ten ten pages of book. It's like go to bed by a certain time. It's do certain things. Work out for for thirty minutes a day if I can. You know, like I have all these things that I feel like 
I just want to be better and I just want to be fucking happy. Mm-hmm. I think that we get caught up in a lot of these things and we go, we're serving it for the wrong purposes. And the other day, I just want success. And for, for me, success is just happiness. Happiness that grows and grows and grows. And there's things, I mean, yeah, I would love a million dollars. I would love to be the boss bitch in the city owning everybody. I would love to be a lot of things. But me for success is ultimate happiness. And I'm going every day, I just want more and more and more. Like, yeah. why wouldn't you want that? And I know that I'm a bit of a lucky person. I don't have the same struggles other people have, and I'm very blessed in that way. But I wake up every day going, I just want to be fucking happy and happier and happier. And I want to meet great people and do great things and fucking grow this amazing life and say fuck five more times a day because it's amazing, right? I just want happiness and good things. And I don't understand why people go, yeah, I like drama. I like bullshit. No, let's all be happy and build great things yeah. together. Let's do awesome things and all be happy together. I think you can only build those things through happiness. Exactly, no exactly. One, no one built a tower through depression. Exactly. You know, <laughs> you I mean, maybe a, maybe a weird dark t- tower somewhere, but yeah. I just think, I, don't, I think the end of the day is like, we never know what we're guaranteed. Yeah. But as long as we're building something new and better every day and finding our own successes and working towards that, like, that, what else are we here for, Right. Like, and that may be success in love, success in money, relationships, whatever the fuck that is. Like, all I want to do every day is go, this could be my last day. Let's build towards something awesome. Even if it's this drink, like, this is an awesome drink. Like, whatever that is. (laughs) A watered-down vodka Sprite. Let's build towards this watered-down vodka Sprite Zero. Sprite Zero, sorry. I, I love the that. Zero is you love that. You know, Dylan always said, he said, the, the a successful man is someone who goes to work every day, doesn't feel like it's work. But also, you know, Tim Ferriss has said this one thing too, and I like this. He goes, you know, a lot of people are searching that happiness that you're talking about. And, and I love that. I love, like, you want to wake up every day and be happy. I also think there's one thing that he says is, like, you want to wake up and be excited. Totally, yes. I, 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 happiness is excitement. When you're excited, you're not sad. You're, 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 you're happy. You're like, oh my God. I, I think the day you wake up, the day you lose it, the day you probably uh, go down the funnel of the darkness is when you wake up and you're not excited about anything. You're not excited about possibilities. You're not excited about hope. You're not excited about anything that you're doing. And and I love that because I think that's what you're saying. You're saying, I want to yes. wake up every day and be excited that I'm going to either A, make a difference, A, make a change, better a songwriter's career, yes. uh, better my own life, uh, find love or or uh, find other people love whatever it is. It's just uh, you. That is a great term of of success, I think. Instead of this tangible money thing that everyone thinks, it's it's more like I want to be excited and I want to be happy and I want to. And exactly. it's that ultimate value that I can give others and not myself. For sure, dude. I mean, my thing is like, then the day it comes down to like. I think happiness comes to a place of gratitude. And for me, gratitude is so important. And you get that in a lot of ways. And I just, like, one of the first things I do when I wake up and go to bed, or last things I do before bed, is just go, like, even if it's something, like, quick, like, yo, I'm so happy for my family, my friends, my job, my opportunities, and I run through things. And I go, I'm so absolutely blessed. Like, I'm so fucking blessed. I am so grateful for all these things. And, like, what what's the beauty of a, the beauty of a place like Nashville is, like, we can create these things every day every single day and i wake up and i go i literally like well i will journal i don't know if you guys journal mm-hmm. got into journaling i always thought it was weird and i would journal like a fiend i'm like I'm so grateful for my badass and people are like oh say what i'm like no for my 
awesome ass friends. I'm so grateful for whatever. And I will just get into it and feel all the love. And I'm going, at the end of the day, I'm grateful for Nashville and this community and these things that exist here that have like led me to people like you guys and these cool things that are happening and have created so many opportunities and opened so many doors where I'm going, this is my life every day. I wake up and I get to do whatever the, whatever the hell I want to because I work for an awesome company that believes in me. And I have friends and peers that are doing great things. And I live in a great culture and society. And I can walk to out of my door and I can walk and run into amazing, awesome people or go to a bunch of cool shops and restaurants and do great things. I can go and see an amazing show and do whatever. And I'm like, I can't stop being happy and grateful for that every single day of my life. So like, I think sort of my roundabout point to that is I think it all comes stems from gratitude, which I think is an extension of yeah. of um, of excitement because I'm going like, it's a vibe thing, it's a wave thing. And at the end of the day, I just think you can't have happiness or anything without being grateful. It's very true. You can't be grateful and hold a grudge at the same time. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's my TED talk. That's very true. I, I'm glad I was there for it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I just got my feels there for a minute, guys. So you may have lost me, but... That's what the show is about. The show is about you releasing those feels, man. Thank and, you. Uh, we, we really appreciate you doing that. Um, I want to spend uh, about five minutes uh, on uh, something that I think... I, we, we, we can even go above time, but something that I thought was really cool, and I actually just discovered today, and I think Kevin just discovered today, but uh, RNBW, The Rainbow, this is a promoting the progress of L the LGBT, uh, LGBT community uh, and music here in Nashville. Can we talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, to keep it simple, there's a lot of amazing LGBT artists and creators in town mm -hmm. that maybe always haven't had the platform or the voice or the direction to put their creative endeavors, whether it's a song, whether it's, you know, whatever that thing may be. And I mean, that doesn't make it great, not great. It just makes it, you know, kind of floating around in this abyss trying to find a home. So my sister and I are both uh, LGBT representatives in music, which, by the way, has given me a great perspective on a lot of things. And I notice a lot of my friends who are gay, queer, LGBT, whatever word you go by, no judgment, that maybe can't sing in a writer's round about a boy can't sing about his boyfriend, doesn't feel like he can express himself or his, or his art, or a girl can't sing about the girlfriend she cheated on with a boy, or like, you know, whatever it may be that maybe doesn't reflect a n normal, quote unquote, society, right? Mm -hmm. And so for me, I realized there's so, so many great people doing so many great things. Let's create a platform that elevates that, promotes that, and also just creates a safe space for those that don't even feel comfortable in their own skin. So that was sort of the thing. We've had some great things happening. We're actually starting up again. So this is something we started maybe a year and a half ago. Um, but because of COVID, we had to stop it. We had some really great talks with a major um, agent in town about doing a tour, jumping on some pride festivals, oh, doing awesome. a lot of really cool stuff. But obviously, the world fell apart. Um, and it's a great time for this. I think that we've never been in a better time than this. There's a lot of, you know, I look at, for example, in country music, right? John, uh, John Osborne just coming out. How sick was that. that? Yeah, that, How yeah, sick was, that, that was really cool. And Avenue it was B. really cool. I, 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 you know, I, I had no idea, uh, to be honest, because I, 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 always, I always thought he was married. But then when I saw that, I was like, hell yeah. Awesome. Hell yeah, yeah what exactly. A great, like, it, 
come on. It's time, guys. Exactly. Get yeah, on out. And it's amazing. I think there's such a want and need for that, but I think the voice always ha- hasn't always been there, and that's what we want to be. That's true. That's want to be that. And, you know, I mean, everybody's open to their opinions and those things. You know, you can feel whatever you want to feel, but regardless, there is that want and need that exists. And I look at Avenue Beat, who put out a song called Woman, and all the girls in that yeah. band are not what you would say is straight. And I'm not saying they are this or that. I'm, I don't want to label them. Mm-hmm. But they fall on a spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I look at uh, Brooke Eden, who's a sick country artist under uh, Broken Bow. Yeah. She came out this year. There's a lot of artists and a lot of low-key ones that still can't even be themselves that I know who are amazing creators that may never even be able to be themselves because of this fear. And I'm going, that hinders art. That hinders art. That hinders happiness. That hinders so many things, having to shield yourself. You know, we all have different things, yeah. whether it's, yeah. it doesn't have to be queerness or that in any way. I look at minorities that are struggle, that struggle so hard anyway, in a lot of ways, yeah. whether it be skin color, whether it be whatever, and just being able to accept yourself and be open and saying, this is who the fuck I am and accepting it. And what that does when you finally find that freedom and finally find people that believe in you because you believe in yourself, it's a different thing. And, and I think at the end of the day, what it goes back to, as I mentioned, is we're all fans. We're all fans of these people. We're fans of our friends. We're fans of big stars, little stars, people we just met. We all want them to do well. We want to do well. And none of this happens if we're not all fucking kicking ass together. And at the end of the day, I just want sick people to do sick things and create great things. We're fans of humans. Yes, fans of humans. things. Fans of humans, man. That move us. Totally, man. We're all here. We're in a collaborative culture. Never been a, a better time in the world to be yourself. And I just want to work with that forever. And I think our society is, is setting it up for that. That's going to become the new currency. I Authenticity, hope so. Authenticity, yeah. vulnerability. I agree with that, man. All yeah. of that. It's really good. I hope so. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if I was LGBT community and I want to reach out to you, where, how do I find you? So um, the Instagram is the best place at this point. Uh, we've changed a few things. We're going a different direction, but it is actually, I should know this. I think it's a rainbow. So... And it's RNBW, and uh, so it's RNBW dot, hang on, sorry, RNBW dot collective. And so please DM us, please hit us up, please, we're always looking for more artists. We're starting a event every Tuesday starting March 9th at Lipstick Lounge. Nice. Um, and our nice. buddy, do you guys know Shelly Fairchild? She's a... Awesome. You should oh man, you should meet her. She's amazing. I, I, I know the name. I know she's yeah. Okay. Shelly's she's amazing. She's one who, for example, lost a record deal fifteen years ago. One of the best vocalists in town, one of the best writers, crushing wow. it and singing, killing it so well connected, most like uh, like charismatic person ever. Lost a deal about ten years ago on I think it was Sony, don't quote me, because they found out she was gay. And what a sad thing because oh, wow. she's kicking ass. But she's now been doing so many great things for the community here. And she's now going to be hosting our events and doing her thing. And every Tuesday we'll be doing, you know, four or five artists, a few songs, um, just showing their sick things. And that also goes to, by the way, LGBT artists, but also allies, minorities, anybody who represents this community that may have been been neglected. So RNBW, it's the rainbow. It's sort of the, the sphere okay. of things. So always open to more suggestions you guys likewise and just again trying to create cool shit that's fucking awesome man i love that because the whole the bomb your boundaries mantra that we have here like 
relates to that as well. I have a lot of empathy and respect for like people that come out or people that decide, you know, transgender people that decide to like go through the process of that, like living with that feeling of like, this is who I am, but I can't show it. Exactly. Relates to people that are true artists that feel like they can't show it because they feel like, no, my family said I had to be a doctor. My family said I had to be a surgeon or I have to be a lawyer or whatever. You know, I'm not saying it's exactly the same thing, but they share common parallels that just really allow me to, I guess I should say, sympathize with, with that whole thing. So it's really, it's just cool. And like, you know, I just, I just have a lot of respect for it. So it's awesome. I love that. Well, segue into that, Mr. McElroy, thank you very much. And that was very beautiful. I do, we have to, well, we're at the time, guys. We're at the time where we're going to ask the last question of our podcast. Uh, We're going to ask our guest uh, something we always ask at the end of our podcast. And this is whatever comes out of your head or out of your heart. But what does bomb your boundaries mean to you, Miss Jamie Dryberg? So I actually thought about this on the way over. Because I, I love what you guys do, by the way. Like, well, literally, I, I think that, that like, I love that you guys are just so about finding your freedom and stepping, you know, into those those weird worlds and doing your thing to pursue your dreams, right? I think that's why a lot of us in Nashville and beyond are here. And I think in a lot of ways, that's what we all attain to do, is to be that person we're not afraid to be. And for me, like, I mean, I think, like, personally, I know, especially in Nashville and cities like this, where we have a lot of pressure, we live in anxiety constantly. And I think that's talked about in almost like a, a comical way, but it's actually a thing that we all feel mm-hmm. so much. And I can imagine it's worse in other places and there's different things, but I think we all live in anxiety and we, there's, we have all these pressures. A lot of them we oppose in ourselves because we just feel like we have to compare ourselves to other things. But for me, it's living outside of your comfort zone so you can find the things and be audacious, right? And I'm a big, I don't know if you guys are, I'm a big self-help book person. I love them, obsessed with them. For me, obviously growth is, it's really important to me. Uh, I, If you're not growing, what the fuck are you doing, right? You know, we're here, we can mess around, whatever. But I'm always like, if you're not growing, what are you doing? It's about stepping outside your comfort zone and creating something that maybe you thought you couldn't do. And um, as I was mentioning, I've read all these self-help books. There's this one tip that always sticks with me. It's, it's saying be audacious. Don't be afraid to be audacious. Don't be afraid to send that email. Don't be afraid to ask that person because that person was once you. And I think that you hear all the time that quote, um, you accept the love you think you deserve or you accept the life you think you deserve. I don't think that's the right quote. I think it's you accept the love, the life that you think you're capable of. And I think that's sort of misquoted in a way. And it's not even that we think we're incapable of other things. We just don't even know how to think otherwise, right? Don't, don't even know how to step outside of those boundaries, right? And so for me, it's going, do something every day that's going to, big or small, create a new opportunity. Go to a different coffee shop and talk to the waitress or the server. Go do something different that's going to create a new opportunity that's going to maybe make you a little bit anxious or weird, but you never know what those things do. And you'll be surprised how easy they are and how many opportunities they create and how you shouldn't be afraid of those things. We create these walls within ourselves. Again, anxiety, we all, again, it's a kind of funny, like hot button topic at this point, but we all feel it so heavily, especially in COVID. And I love that you guys are representing this culture that goes, fuck that. Yeah, we all have our fears. We're human, but let's try and step outside of that and build something different because 
otherwise you're just stagnant otherwise whatever and you can just be this new person and you just never know what those things lead to so for me it is just stepping outside your comfort zone trying different things and being a bit fearless that was that was amazing thank you all right, that's going to do it for tonight's episode. Uh, if you like what you heard, if something moved you, if you learned something valuable from this episode, please rate and review us. Your love means the world. It helps keep us doing what we're doing, and what we do is for the Y-O-U. I can't stress that enough, y'all. Uh, if you're interested in advertising for the show, please contact us. Contact us at bombersandsleeves.com. We are always uh, most active on our Instagram. So please follow us at bombcast underscore official or bombers and sleeves. Uh, stay updated on all of our new apparel, our blog, future product lines, our 6 1 vibe at bombersandsleeves.com. Thank you again to our amazing guest, Miss Jamie Driver. You are a delight. Follow Young Music City on Instagram simply at Young Music City. Get inspired, discover new artists and music, shop their dope-ass apparel, and subscribe to their official Young Music City newsletter by visiting youngmusiccity.com. That's youngmusiccity.com. Y'all stay safe out there. And until next time, bomb your boundaries, baby. Peace. Peace.